is good. Amen. Turn your Bibles to the book of Psalms chapter 92, looking at verse 10. We're going to be talking this morning on the subject of the fresh anointing. The fresh anointing. Coming from Psalms chapter 92 and verse 10. When you get there, I'll ask you to stand for a reading of God's Word. It's also on our screen for us this morning. Amen. Read from the King James Version. And it reads, But my horn shall thou exalt, like the horn of a unicorn. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Say fresh oil this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we invite the presence of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost in our sanctuary. Hide your servant behind the cross, O Father. Let your anointing, God, begin to flow through this room. Let your anointing begin to give us an understanding and a revelation, Father, from heaven. Lord, that nobody can unmatch. Father, give us a word, God, of encouragement. A word, Father, of strength this morning. Father, give us a word this morning that we can build our lives on, God. And Father, we thank you for a fresh anointing. For the fresh oil. In the name above all names, in the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said... Amen and amen. So Psalms 92 says, By my horn shall thou exalt like the horn of a unicorn. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Let me go on and tell you that he's not talking about a, 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 a mythical creature from, uh, uh, you know, from overseas. He's not talking about a unicorn like you would be thinking of. <laughs> he's actually talking about the horn that they would hold the oil in. You see, they didn't have bottles like you and I have today. We have this little olive oil bottle up here. And you can get this down at the local grocery store. And, and uh, it's, I think this one's made of glass. Some of them made of plastic. But you can get your oil. But back in those days, they had to have different devices that they would carry liquids in. And so one of the things they would carry a liquid in would look like a, look like a horn. And uh, that's where they would carry the oil in. So this is what David is talking about. So he's talking about the vessel. How many know you need to be a vessel of the anointing this morning? You need to be a vessel of the anointing this morning. You need to be the unicorn that holds the oil, the fresh oil, inside of your soul this morning. Amen. I don't know about you, but I want to be anointed with fresh oil. Amen. I want to be anointed with the freshness of the Holy Ghost this morning. Can I get a witness in the house? Amen. We need the freshness of the oil this morning. Amen. Did you know that oil can go bad over time? Did y'all know that? Well, I didn't always. I don't cook. I'm not a cook. I don't know these things that some of you ladies know. I did not know that oil could go bad. But first time I heard about oil going bad, I was talking to a preacher friend of mine, and he was telling me, he says, I noticed an odor when I began to pray for people. He said, I'd get the oil out and I would pray. And he says, and I would start smelling a strange odor after prayer. And he realized and discovered that his olive oil had went bad. So olive oil can go bad. When you leave oil without moving, you know what I mean? You know that water will go bad if it don't move. Amen? If oil isn't being used, hello, it will begin to spoil and to go bad. Amen. 
And that's what this preacher had discovered. And when he discovered it, he poured all that, got rid of all that bad oil, went and got him some fresh oil, amen, and was able to put fresh oil with his prayers to the people, amen. How many know we need some fresh oil this morning, amen? The fresh anointing, praise God, from the Holy Ghost this morning. So oil can go bad if it's not used, amen? Now, you just need to put that in your little notebook right there because that's something you need to meditate on. Amen? That oil can go bad if not used. Praise the Lord. Amen. The psalmist tells us in 92 that we need to be anointed with fresh oil. Now, the anointing is is a word. The anointing itself is a word that we use But it simply means, by definition, the empowerment from God. So it's the empowerment from God is the anointing. So when we're talking about the anointing, we're talking about the power from the Holy Ghost. The empowerment that comes upon us from the Holy Ghost. Amen? The empowerment. Amen. And back in the old days, the priests would would, uh, call out somebody to be king. Uh, there's a story in the, in the Bible about, uh, about the prophet going down to Jesse's house and, call, and telling him, I want you to bring all your sons because one of these boys is the king of Israel. And he, he, he brought the oil. He brought fresh oil. It wasn't, it wasn't spoiled oil. It wasn't oil that had gone bad. It was fresh oil because he was about to anoint a fresh king. Amen. And finally, after all the ones, aren't you grateful that God looks at your heart and not your outward appearance? Amen? But God looks at your inner soul this morning. And after He went through all the sons of Jesse, He said, Where, there's got to be another one somewhere. He said, you must be talking about that little boy. They don't, he's on, the, the only job he's got is just a shepherd boy. He's insignificant. I mean, praise God that He chooses the insignificant in life. Amen. Praise the Lord. He brought David in who had the lowest job. I learned this past week that in Israel they looked upon shepherds as one of the the lowest jobs that you could ever have. Matter of fact, they they, they lowered them so low that they did not even count their word in court when it came time to go to court over a subject. They had no voting rights. They had no voice in court because they were considered low class citizens. But praise God. He can take a low-class citizen and He can make him the king of all Israel today. Amen. He can take you and I, low-class citizens of sin, and make us king and priest under the fresh oil of the anointing this morning. Amen. That's shouting ground right there. Amen. Church, we need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit upon us and to live through us. I say we need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit on us to live through us. Amen. Romans chapter 12 and verse 11. Romans chapter 12 and verse 11 says, Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Romans chapter 12 verse 11. Look at what it says. We're not to be slothful in our service to the Lord, but we are to be fervent in spirit. Fervent in spirit. Yes. Now this is another word that I had to go look up and say, you know, what exactly are you trying to tell me? You ever find words like that in the Bible? Yes. You see a word about it, say, what are you trying to tell me here, God? What exactly does this word really mean to me? 
And so as you begin to go back and you begin to research things, you begin to find things out. Amen? So in the original Greek, and when the, and when the Greek scholars were coming out, the word fervent means actually translated glowing. Amen. So don't be slothful in your service to the Lord, but be glowing in the Spirit and serving the Lord. Amen. Now, many of you know I served many years as a diesel mechanic, and uh, I've got a set of torches. I still have them. And I've used a set of torches many times. And you take torches, and uh, you have to light it up. It's got oxygen and acetylene, and you light that torch, and it puts out a blue flame. How I many you know a blue flame is about as hot as you're going to get? Amen. It puts out a blue flame. You, wanna, you don't want an orange flame, but that means you know, your gases are not mixed right. You want a you fresh, come on. You want the gases mixed just right. You want it hot. You want a blue flame coming out of that torch. And think about that blue flame that I discovered is I can take a piece of metal. I don't care how big it is. I don't care how thin or how thick it is. If I take that torch, that blue flame, and I put that flame on that metal, something begins to happen. Something begins to take place. You see, that metal will begin to get hot. And the hotter it gets, it begins to glow. Woo! Hallelujah. You see, you thought I was about to give you a lesson in mechanics. I'm talking about the glowing of the Holy Ghost this morning. You see, metal will begin to glow the hotter it gets. And the hotter it gets, the glow will begin to spread. Listen, if you want something to happen, you need a glow to spread this morning. You need the freshness of the Holy Ghost to spread this morning. And you, and you work that torch and you work that metal until you get it as red and glowing as it can possibly get. And guess what you can do then? Then you can bend it. Then you can shape it. And you can make it a metal, a tool, something that you can use. You see, the Holy Ghost, Brother Frankie, he wants to make you glow and red. He wants to get you so on fire that your spirit begins to glow. And listen, when you get on fire of God, when you get on fire of the Holy Ghost, and the fresh anointing from on high is calling you, you, listen, your heart will begin to get soft, and God can shape you and mold you into a tool that He can use for His glory. Come on, preacher. Woo, hallelujah. But you're not going to get there until you allow the Holy Spirit to get you red on the inside. Listen, when He got you red on the inside, you begin to glow on the outside. Amen. Listen, I've been under the anointed of God preaching and I've had people tell me after service was over with, I said, there's something about you. You were literally glowing up there. There was like a, there was like a, 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 a you were like lit up up there. I don't know what it is, but all around you, the, the air was just lit up. Listen, that's the anointing that you see physically because the glowing has got to be on the inside. Amen. Look at what Jesus said. Out of your belly, your belly is on the inside. Out of your belly shall flow. Come on. Living water shall flow out of your belly. The Holy Ghost is on the inside, bro. You gotta let it flow. Let it flow. If you don't let it flow, your oil will go bad and it will start to stink. Mm. And there ain't nothing worse than a stinking oil. Come on. There ain't nothing worse than stinking Christians. Come on. Let me say that again for all the folks that didn't catch it the first time. I said, there ain't nothing worse. Than stinking Christians. Amen. 
And I ain't talking about because you didn't use dial soap last night. I'm talking about because you stinking on the inside. Listen, it, it was the foul the inside what Jesus told the disciples is what defiles the outside. You got to be clean on the inside. You got to have the Holy Ghost on the inside, amen, to make a difference on the outside. Mm. People talk about holiness. I want to tell you, and I know you have too. I, I've seen people dress like they were holy. Amen. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, hair way up in a, in a, a Pentecostal hairdo. And, and the dress starts at the chin. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And it ended at the, at the big toe. Y'all know what I'm saying. Come on somebody. Amen. And they present themselves as a person of holiness. Amen. Uh, men wearing long sleeves never see them, never see them with a short sleeve shirt on. Oh no, that's sin. Can't do that. Amen. Come on. I heard of a, of a bishop one time pulling over because he passed a church and saw the preacher outside cutting grass. Hello. With a short sleeve shirt on. Bishop got out of his car and pulled the preacher's license because he didn't think it was representing holiness enough. I'm telling you a true story. Amen. Come on. Church holiness starts on the inside. Holiness. You need to be clothed in holiness on the inside. Just because you clothe the holiness on the outside don't mean you ain't a devil. Woo! Come on. Even a devil can look good. Hello? You got to be clothed on the inside with the Holy Ghost and with fire and with the anointing. Amen. And with the anointing. Mm. Be fervent in spirit. Be glowing in spirit. Be on fire in the spirit to the point of radiating a hot glow from your spirit. Church, that's how we should come to church on Sunday morning. Come on. I said, that's how we should come to church on Sunday morning. No, but so many times, people come into church. they got their head down. They're scooped over. Yes, sir, brother, how you doing? Well, y'all pray for me. You know, I'm just barely making it. They'll all over me this week. Well, brother, why don't you get something to smile? I ain't got nothing to smile about this week. Come on. So many people go to church. Beaten up, downtrodden, come on, cast down. Let's just come, come out and say it and just deprench. Amen? Right. But we ain't supposed to be that way. We're supposed to come into the house of God with a fire burning on the inside. Yeah. Did you know that fire is contagious? Yeah. Come on. You know you can have a little flame over here, and you take a little flame over here, and you put it together before you know it, you've got a raging forest fire. Amen? Because yeah. the anointing can be contagious. Amen. Praise the Lord. So be fervent in the spirit serving the Lord. God wants us to be red hot in what we do. Amen. He was. You don't have to vacuum the floors of the church. You get to vacuum the floors of the church. Come on. I said we need to change our attitude. Amen. Well, the pastor, he's on me about cleaning the toilets in the bathroom. No, honey, you get the right and the privilege of serving the most high God. Amen. You ought to kiss that toilet while you're, while you're scrubbing and saying, thank God I can clean this toilet today. <laughs> <laughs> Let me talk to this side of the church. I don't know that side. <laughs> Listen, we should serve the Lord with joy. We should serve the 
Amen. I hate vacuuming in the floors of the house. Matter of fact, I ain't vacuuming my own floor in two years. But praise God, this is the house of the Lord. And I get to serve Him today, praise God. Come on. Amen. You see, it's an honor and a privilege to serve the Lord. It's not something you have to do. It's something you get to do. And we need to learn to get to doing it with a fervent spirit. Amen. Oh, y'all didn't like that one. It's all right. It's still the word in Psalm 92, though. Amen. Praise the Lord. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18. Go there with me this morning. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18 and 19. And be not drunk with wine. Wherein is excess. But be filled with the Spirit. Come on, church, let's get drunk today. Come on, church, let's get drunk today. Oh, what is wrong with that preacher? We know we hold this being supposed to get drunk. Come on, church, let's get drunk today. But be not drunk with wine where is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Come on. Be filled. With the Spirit. Come on. Let's get drunk off the Holy Ghost. Let's get so full of the Holy Ghost. Not with wine. But the Spirit. Let's get so full of the Spirit. Come on. That we get drunk off the Holy Ghost. You mean you can do that? Oh yes you can. I've been there. I've been so drunk off the Holy Spirit. That I couldn't walk straight. If If the police gave me a sobriety test. I would fail that thing. Because I couldn't do all those things that he wanted me to do. Amen. But I would, I would pass a breathalyzer, praise God. Amen. <laughs> Frank, I, don't, I, I can't get that many amens this morning. Praise the Lord. Come on. I'm talking about getting drunk off the Holy Ghost. Getting so full of the Spirit of God. Getting so full of the Spirit of God that we are literally drunk off the Holy Ghost this morning. Amen. I want to talk about this word in a minute. Talk about this in a minute. Be filled with the Spirit. Be filled. See, the Greek scholars are telling us there's a play on words here that we need to see. That you don't naturally see it unless you study this. Be filled with the Spirit. The real translation should read like this. Be being. Be being filled with the Spirit. There's a difference, isn't there? You see, something has lost a translation. But in the original Greek, it's be being. Be being filled with the Spirit. In other words, don't get filled one time. Get filled all the time. Have a continuous flow of the Holy Ghost in your life. Have a continuous flow of the anointing of the fresh oil in your life. Amen. It means keep on keeping on getting filled with the Spirit. Amen. Every time we come to church, we should keep on keeping on being filled with the Spirit. Every time we come to church, we should embrace a fresh anointing 
come on, of the Holy Ghost this morning. A fresh anointing. Look, what I'm trying to tell you is that you can't live off the anointing you got 20 years ago. That 20-year-old anointing done dried up, amen. That, that anointing done spoke. You need a fresh anointing today from the fresh presence of the Holy Ghost. You need a fresh anointing, amen, to be a glow, to be on fire of the Holy Ghost today. A fresh anointing. Be being filled. Amen. Some of you need to write that in your Bible right there. And if you can't write in your Bible, go get you one you can. But you need to write that in your Bible. Be being. Because that's what it means in the Greek. Be being filled with the Spirit. So we need to maintain a constant experience of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Paul is encouraging Christians to stay filled with the Spirit. To be continually anointed with fresh oil from the Holy Spirit. Now go to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. Hallelujah. Still talking about anointing. This is part 3 of our series of anointing this morning. Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. It says, And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And remember, I always say that was a miracle right there in itself. Amen. How in the world they got 120 people on one accord in one place? I like to know how, because I have a difficult time just getting 30. Amen? If I could just get 30 people on one accord at one time in one place, we might be able to get 40. Come on, somebody. If I could get 40 people on one accord at one time in one we might reach 50. Come on. Amen? I'm telling you, we don't, don't pass over. That's a miracle right there. Look at what it says. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. And it sat on each of them. They began to glow right there. That glow began to happen. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So on the day of Pentecost, we can see that they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Can we agree on that? Can we come in unity with that? Amen? All right. You see, many of you have had your day of Pentecost in some sort of way. There was a day in your life. Many of you I know have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. I've heard you speak in tongues. Many of you have testified about the Holy Spirit coming upon you and giving you the gift of speaking in tongues. Amen. Am I telling the truth this morning? All right. So you had your moment or your time or your day that you were introduced to Pentecost. Amen. You were introduced to the feeling of the Holy Spirit. Amen. But many people have not been filled since many people will tell you i spoke in tongues on that day but i have not spoken in tongues since amen now go to acts chapter 4 acts chapter 4 looking at verse 31 acts chapter 4 and verse 31 amen And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. 
And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. There's that unity again. One accord. Neither said any of them that had aught of the things he possessed was his own, but they all had all things common. So here's a question this morning, church. Who's that multitude? We just read in Acts chapter 2 that the day of Pentecost had come. Now we're just two chapters over in Acts chapter 4. Who's the multitude? Who's the multitude? When you go back and read chapter 4, you will see that the multitude is the church. You will see that the multitude is the church. Some of the same people, some of the same apostles, some of the same disciples, some of the same women that was there on the day of Pentecost was in this prayer meeting on chapter 4. Some of the same multitude, it was the same church. In chapter 4. Amen. And look at what it says. Go back and read it. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost as they spoke the word of God with boldness. Well, wait a minute. I thought they got filled at Pentecost. They did. Two chapters over, they're getting a fresh anointing. Come on. They're getting a fresh anointing. They're getting a fresh feel, refeeling of the Holy Spirit. You see, you don't need to get filled just one time. You need to keep on staying under the spout where the glory's being poured out and continually to be filled. Come on. To be filled, overflowing. Overflowing feeling. Amen. Come on. You see, the problem... And I should have got me a glass of water this morning and put it up here. The problem of getting a glass of water is that if you set that water down and you never drink it. How many of y'all have done that before? You've got a glass of water and you can set it down. If you set that glass of water down and you don't drink it after you have filled it up to the brim, it is, it is about to overflow. It is as full as full can get. And you set that water down and you leave it there for days. You leave it there for weeks. Something will begin to take place. First of all, that water will begin to sour because it ain't moving. It ain't being used. Come on. Second of all, it will begin to disappear because it will begin to evaporate. Come on. You see, you might have got a fresh anointing on the day of Pentecost in your life, on your Pentecostal moment, but that's not the end of it. That's not supposed to be the end of you being filled. You're supposed to be continually standing under the spout when the glory's coming out, to continually being filled, continually being glorified, continually being red hot from the fervent spirit of the Holy Ghost. It's a continuous feeling. It's a continuous life. Amen. Amen. It ain't just one feeling. It's being filled every day. Amen. I said it's being filled every day. Come on. I've seen people that I know was filled with the Holy Spirit. I mean, I watched their behavior for one. And then I noticed something as I've traveled around the world. And I've seen people in California 
get baptized in the Holy Ghost. And let me tell you, they act just like you Georgia folks when they get baptized in the Holy Ghost. They speak in tongues and they dance and they shout and you wouldn't know the difference if they were from California or from the state of Georgia or from the state of Alabama. I've been in Germany. Hello. And I've seen people get filled with the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you, they shout, they dance, come on, and they speak in tongues and you wouldn't know the difference because they're in another country. It's the same Holy Ghost. He's the same everywhere. He does not change. And I have seen people filled with the Holy Ghost and I've seen them talking in tongues and I've seen them dance. I've seen them cry and I've seen them full of the joy of the Lord. And afterwards had them lie to me and heard them cuss. What happened? What happened? They did not stay under the spout where the glory is being poured out. You see, you might have got filled one time, but if that's the only time you ever got filled, you're going to dry up. Come on. You're going to dry up. I hope this answers some of your questions today is why some people go back on God. Why some people you know are so on fire for God, all of a sudden now they're not on fire any longer. They're not on fire now. They were on fire 10 years ago. But they lost their fire of the Holy Ghost. They no longer speak in tongues. They no longer even go to church. They no longer do the things that church people do. But they do more of what the world does. Do y'all know anybody like that that I'm talking about today? I know you do. Amen. Well, what happened to them? They got out from underneath the spout where the glory had been poured out. Amen. That's why we need to stay in the presence of God. Stay in the presence of God. Amen? That's why we need to stay continually at a place with God where He is constantly pouring into us. Amen? I I like to think of, of the anointing just flowing out of the throne of God like a big old waterfall. And I'm just standing right there in the middle of the waterfall just letting it fall all over me. Amen? Let's let the anointing just fall all over you. Just wash you clean. Amen. Yeah. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been to that place where you just waterfall, you just got underneath it, and you just let it fall all over you? Amen. And it felt so fresh. It felt so cool. Such a cool water coming on you. Just to calm you down. Just to give you that freshness. Amen. That's what I'm talking about today. Stay underneath the spout where the glory's coming out. Amen. Stay underneath that anointing and continually to seek being refilled and refilled and refilled with the anointing and the presence of the Almighty God this morning. Amen. This is better preaching than you're shouting. I can tell you that this morning. Amen. Now there's only one initially feeling of the Holy Spirit. Only one initial. It's like there was only one day of Pentecost that that happened in history. Amen. And there's only at one time that you had your day of Pentecost. When you first received that baptism. But I'm talking about a refilling that continuously flowing. Amen. A refilling that's continuously flowing this morning. Amen. We are anointed with a fresh oil. When we receive this fresh oil, we are being refilled and refilled and refilled with the Holy Ghost. We must learn to look for the fresh oil 
from the, from the fresh Holy Spirit each and every day. Amen? Each and every day. And when I'm talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit, amen, or the Holy Ghost, whichever you prefer, I'm talking about the same thing. It's the same thing to me. The Holy Spirit and the Holy Ghost is the same person. There's not a fourth trinity. Hello. There's only three. There's only one initial feeling of the Holy Ghost. The many refeelings. So we are anointed with a fresh oil and we will receive this fresh oil and be continuously filled. If we don't, we will dry up. Come on. I said if we don't, we will dry up. This is why making God our first priority in life is so important. This is why making God our first priority in life is so important. Amen. It's so important. This is why coming to church faithfully every week is so important. And the devil is doing a better job than we are. Come on. About keeping folks out of church. There, listen, there will always be some drama that's going to come up at the last minute when you're supposed to go out the door to go to church. There's always going to be some last minute drama. Amen. And when my kids were small, I can remember more Sunday mornings of us fighting in the car to get to church than I do peaceful Sunday mornings getting to church. Come on. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? If you got kids and grandkids, you know what I'm talking about. Amen. I used to meet my kids at the door with a belt in my hand. I don't care if your hair ain't brushed, brush it in the car. Get the toothbrush and spit out the window. You too young to wear makeup anyways. Get in the car. Come on. I was having my own Holy Ghost moment every Sunday before we got to the car. Amen. We got to leave on time to get there on time. Amen. Come on. Why do these things happen? Because the devil don't want the people to get underneath the glory spout. Come on. They don't want, he don't want that to happen. This is why we must learn, church. We must learn to come to church faithfully. This is why we must learn to worship God through praise songs. It is so important. This is why worship is so important. Listen, when you go to a concert and you listen to music, most people just sit down. And listen to music. They don't participate. Am I right? Come on. Most people just sit down and don't participate. They sit in their chairs and they listen to music. It's called listening music. Now sinful people will go to a concert. And sinful people will get up and dance sinful dances. Any witnesses in here today? Don't look at me all holy-fied. You, you know one time you used to do a little step. You know, come on. Amen. Some of y'all done talked about yourself too much. I know too much about you. Amen. But when, listen, we will go, sinful people will go to a sinful concert and they will get up and they will dance a sinful dance. Am I right? But the same people that was in sin and dancing in sin, they'll come to the house of God and all of a sudden, come on. I can't move, you know. I can't dance. How many of y'all know it's okay to dance before the Lord in a holy dance? Amen. King David danced before the Ark of the Covenant all the way into Jerusalem. Amen. A holy dance. There's a big difference between a holy dance and a sinful provocative dance. Amen. Come on. 
But praise music is not sitting down listening to music. Come on. When the choir was singing a while ago, I saw many of you standing and you were worshiping. You had your hands in the air, eyes closed, and you were worshiping God. You weren't just listening, but you were participating. Come on. Amen. Am I right this morning? You see, praise music is a tool to receive the fresh anointing. Amen. God uses music as a tool so that you can receive a fresh anointing. Amen. We are instructed in the scriptures to raise our hands. We are instructed to dance before the Lord. Listen, you can't dance before the Lord by sitting down. Amen. Oh, you can rock. Just, you know, you can sit in your chair and do one of these numbers, you know. Come on. You can do your... <laughs> but when you stand up and you start doing it, praise the Lord, something begins to happen. Something begins to happen. Amen. Praise the Lord. The Lord, got, he likes to get in my feet. Make me dance all over the church. Amen. That's what he likes to do. Amen. I, I enjoy praising and worshiping God that way. So through our praise and our worship, we can be filled and refilled with the Holy Ghost. This is why coming to church and participating in the church is so important. Amen. We didn't come to a sit down concert. We come to participate in the worship. There's a big difference. Amen. There's a huge difference. And listen, you can be sitting right beside somebody, and I've seen it many, many, many times. One person sitting down, they look like they've been sucking on lemonade all night. Amen. You know what I'm talking about. They got their arms crossed, and they might as well just be holding a sign that says, Move me if you can, preacher. Come on. Might as well be holding that sign. I've heard Sister Rita talk about needing some dynamite underneath some people's seats to get them up. Amen. Praise the Lord. One of these days, I'm going to install some of those. Y'all seen those recliners on TV where you just hit a little button and it just sets you up on your feet? I'm going to put some of them in the church one of these days. Praise God. I'm going to sit up here. Hit me a button. Everybody go, whoop. <laughs> Y'all know I'm laughing, but seriously, if I could, I would. <laughs> Y'all know Sister Rita's just joking about putting dynamite under her feet. Listen, but if it wouldn't kill you, she would. <laughs> Amen. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. We've already talked about this. We're going to go over one more time. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Amen. Come on, church. Let's get drunk off the Holy Ghost this morning. Let's get a fresh anointing of the Holy Ghost this morning. Amen. Come on, praise team. We're going to real. We're going to do our praise and worship, and I want to encourage you to, to worship with us. Now, listen. I, I may be wrong, but I, I told I told Angel and I told Shirley. I said I saw something Wednesday night. I don't know if anybody else saw it. I said I saw it. I said, Wednesday night, I said, see, Angel was supposed to be here to put the words on the screen, but she got distracted by a baby. I know how that is, amen? So she never made it to our Wednesday night service to put the words on the screen. But you know what I saw? I saw people worshiping God without words. I saw people raising their hands without words. Amen? I saw people, listen, I saw people worshiping God and they wasn't looking at any words. I saw, I heard people singing and there wasn't no words on the screen. 
And all of a sudden it hit me. Maybe some people are distracted by the words. Maybe the words can be a distraction and hold us back from worshiping. So I told Angel to forget the words today. We ain't putting them on the screen. But can we worship God this morning? Can we worship God this morning, church? Hallelujah. Y'all worship with us. We get